church tonight. Thank God in the millennium there'll be no winter. No snow. And I know all you folks that like snow, you think you'll miss it. You won't miss it. Amen. So happy to be together again tonight. When God saved me many, many years ago, he saved me to go to church. Once a month from me, just don't cut it. I love to go to church. I regulate my week by church. Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday. When you don't go, you know what day of the week it even is. Is it Monday or Friday or Thursday? Or yeah, that's, that's a good sign. You're city people. That's a good sign. In the eighth day, you're going to live in the city. It wouldn't. Uh, y'all wouldn't be happy living outside, coming up from new moon to new moon, Sabbath to Sabbath. No, y'all got to be in the house of God. Amen. So glad to see each of you tonight. <clears throat> Let's turn to the Song of Solomon, if you would. We got communion service, as you know, tonight, and it's always a special time. Um, I'll try to watch my time and um, start closing whenever it's appropriate. I had almost 90 pages studied out for this weekend, but don't worry, I didn't bring even half of that. But I do have some things on my heart that I think will be a a blessing and a help to us. Come, my beloved, and let us go into the field. Let us lodge in the villages. Let us get up early to the vineyards. Let us see if the vine flourish. Whether the tender grape appear pomegranates bud forth. There will I give thee my loves. The mandrakes give a smell, and at our gates are all manner of pleasant fruits, new and old, which I have laid up for thee, O my beloved. And we'd like to be remembered tonight before the Lord as we pray. Also, Brother Horn called me this afternoon just a little while before church, and he's been really sick this week. and wanted us to remember him in prayer. Let's pray for our brothers well as we pray over the word. Lord Jesus, we count it such an honor that we can be gathered together again tonight, Lord. Thank you so much we could have church. Father, we've assembled here in this place because we believe, Lord, that you've told us that when we come together like this, you'd meet with us. To us, it's not a ritual. It's not a routine. We come with such anticipation and expectation to see what you're going to do, what you're going to say, how you're going to move how you're going to change our lives. We're just totally here, Lord. We're just here. We're, we're not our body in here and our mind at Walmart and our body here and our mind at somewhere else. We're here. We're not Christmas shopping. We're not going somewhere else. Father, we've come to worship, to sing, to pray. We just come to have church. And we believe, Lord, when we gather together in your name that you promised you'd be here. You saw the hands of your children as they were uplifted, signifying a need, a desire, a request. 
Also, Lord, as I mentioned, Brother Horn, you see him sick in his body, Lord, and not been feeling well all week, he said. We pray that you'd reach down and touch our brother. Lord Jesus, we believe that there's healing in the communion. We know that there's people here tonight that have sicknesses and needs in their bodies. We're just believing you for a special visitation. Now, as we look into our future, we're not approaching it through a crystal ball. We're not going to a little white shack on the side of the road with pink shutters that says spiritual advisor. We're not going to someone that will sit behind a desk and turn over our palm and try to read the lines in our hands. But we're coming to the absolute of your people, which is your word. We believe our future lays before us, and we believe it's very, very clear. And it's very, very soon the things that we're going to look at tonight. Speak to us, would you, Father? In the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. Amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. Let's read, if you would, in Daniel chapter 2. Thou sawest till a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and break them to pieces. This is the dream, of course, of the great king who had challenged all of his wise men, all of his rulers of spiritual understandings, of those who supposedly could reveal dark sentences, as they called it, the secrets of men's hearts, tell them interpretations of their dreams, be able to make things known to them which are very secret and mysterious. Yet all of the wise men of Babylon were in profound, complete darkness when it came to this king's dream. It seemed as if so it was an impossibility. You are to tell a man what he has dreamed. He knows he's dreamed this phenomenal dream. He knows it has some type of significance, but he don't remember it. So maybe you could try to tell him the dream and he wouldn't remember it. No, he'll remember it if you tell him the wrong thing. But he can't remember to tell you if it's right or not. God did it that way. So Daniel, not relying on his own ability, but with prophetic insight. Daniel did not redream the dream, but God showed Daniel the same dream in the form of the fourth dimension in a vision. So Daniel receives the dream in his way of seeing it, which was with his eyes wide open. So Daniel is standing there, move into the fourth dimension, and he relives the king's dream. Now, this is one of the prophetic messianic prophecies of the millennium kingdom. Of course, many Bible readers, many of you no doubt, have already been reading Daniel, Daniel 2, Daniel 7, Daniel 10, because much of it pertains to the end time. But Daniel sees something that would seem so peculiar, and he sees this colossus of an image, 
and it is portrayed by different types of metals. Now, in this vision, it's a metallurgical vision in that God shows these different types of metals in the dream slash vision because each one of them has a significance dealing with strength. And each metal has a certain type of temperance about it. Each metal has its own molecular structure. Each metal has its own point by which it breaks. So every one of these metals are a spiritual symbol of a kingdom. Where the metal is identified in the Colossus image that is seen of a man, it was not of a woman or a beast, but of a man, each one of those kingdoms was a designation of a time frame. So he sees a head, he comes down, he sees the shoulders, the body, you remember the vision, and I'll just brief it to save time. But here then Daniel looks and he sees a stone that comes down and the stone was not made with hands, signifying it was not a man-made kingdom. Now it is the fifth great kingdom of the world. Now Daniel is seeing the four great kingdoms of the world. Hitler was not in it. Many other men were not in it. That's right. Not saying they wouldn't come to power, but they were not the great kingdoms of the world. So Daniel now moves into this and he says, Thou sawest till a stone that was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and break them to pieces. So the fifth monarchy of the world would be the spiritual kingdom of the stone. And that stone now comes down out of heaven and it hits this kingdom image right down in the toes. Now remember, the legs were divided in 364 A.D. The legs, of course, were Rome. And yet it was when the Eastern and Western Empire were divided. So it comes down from the Meso-Persian, Babylon, Meso-Persian comes down to Rome. And then the Roman Empire is divided around 364 A.D. And it goes into the Eastern Empire and the Western Empire. Now it comes down to where the two legs run down into the empire becomes divided. But then he sees another division by which the two legs are also spread further apart. And that is he saw ten toes, which was a significance as well. It was in the administration or during the time frame, not of the two legs, not of the head. Not of the shoulders, not of the thighs, that the stone is cut out and falls and smites the image. But it is in the dispensation of the ten toes or the ten Ottoman powers under the kings in the tribulation period. Praise be to God. Y'all with me so far? So the fifth monarchy will be the monarchy which should have been the first. But it was put on delay because the first son of God forfeited his rights to bring the millennium into full view. 
and every attribute of God been upon the earth. Now really, we should have been the heirs of the millennium in the Garden of Eden. But Adam forfeited that and put the millennium on a whole, and God, of course, knowing that it would happen that way. Now notice this, then, the meaning as it's projected in the dream slash vision is that the stone comes out of the supernatural realm of God, comes down out of heaven, and it hits the image in the feet, which are iron and clay mixed together, which will not commingle to be able to make strength so it will be a weakened kingdom by the diversities that are mixed together iron and clay so you can't weld clay to iron neither can you be able to mold iron to clay and be able to get the molecular structure again to give it the strength and the solidity that you need so that kingdom will fall it must fall and it will fall in the days of the ten toes now the ten toes no doubt those kings the Ottoman powers are alive and on the earth tonight but they have not yet moved into the reign of their manifestation and will not come into that cycle until the tribulation period so this rock is not Christianity this rock is not the gospel of the kingdom being preached by preachers and if you'll notice this rock did not hit up on the legs in the eastern and western empire it did not hit in the days of Paul it did not hit in the days of Luther come on with me now it did not even hit in the days of Brother Branham but it hit in the days of the toes which is during the tribulation period Amen. Now, had it been the gospel, then the rock would have come down out of heaven. It would have landed upon the earth. Then it would have started growing gradually and took over and annihilated the kingdom. But it did not do that. Actually, the rock come down out of heaven and it hits the toes and it absolutely obliterates that until it becomes dust and powder and blows over the entirety of the earth. So it is not the kingdom of God by Christianity as I said it is not Christianity it is Christ Amen notice what he's doing he's annihilating the kingdom in the same way he annihilates the power of hell in your life it is not you and I making up our mind we're going to serve God and we're good people and we do this and that and the other when the power of God comes in you and looses you from sin it annihilates sin Notice in verse 35, then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold broken to piece it together. Now all the remnants of all the rest of the strains of that kingdom. In each monarchy there was a carrying over and a merging together, blending on down. But notice how the image is coming down this way. The very backwards direction by which God builds his. God don't build his from the head down but from the feet up. Amen. So the kingdom of hell is going down. The kingdom of God is coming up this way. Right. Notice, so they become like chaff of the summer threshing floor, and the wind carried them away. That place was not found for them, and the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. 
Now notice it did not happen gradually over two or three thousand years of church ages. It did not happen with this pastor preaching and this prophet preaching. But it was an instantaneous growth after the annihilation of the ten toes. Praise be to God. So the smiting of the image by the stone will be an instantaneous destruction of the Gentile world kingdoms and an instant growth. As a matter of fact, it will happen like that. He will come and stand upon Mount Olives. Amen. And when he does, the mountain will cleave in two. Unlike the eastern and western empire of Rome, it will be the eastern and western leg of the king of kings. And when he stands there, praise be to God. Amen. He will bring all of these kingdoms and everyone that's a part of it to utter destruction. And then we get to have the honeymoon. Praise be to God. Now notice it is a supernatural origin by which this comes from. So the stone, of course, in the Bible, a stone and a mountain always represented a kingdom. So the stone did not come from the earth. It did not come from a certain city or a certain town. But it comes down out of heaven. It hits these earthly kingdoms and annihilates them and grows up, as it were, not by degrees, but instantaneous. So it constantly replaces them. It must annihilate them and be able to destroy them completely. It is not the gospel of God. It is the kingdom of God. But the gospel of God makes preparation for the coming of the kingdom of God. So the stone is sudden. It is destructive. Now I realize folks don't like to talk about God having wrath and God having anger. But he does. I don't want to meet God's wrath myself. I'll tell you one thing, the devil can whoop the fire at every, but the devil ain't nothing compared to God. That's exactly right. Now notice then when the legs do appear in 364 AD, as I said, it keeps growing down and then it becomes diversified as it's mixed together in the end time. Now remember, friends, this is prophetic. Nope, this don't overwhelm you. But God is going to do this in the last days in such a way that he will put in the hearts of those ten kings or those Ottoman powers to fulfill his will. He's not even going to ask them if they want to. He's going to put it in their hearts to fulfill his will. If he can do that to a heathen, what about a child of God? And let me tell you one thing. If you get too big for your britches and you think you're going to run your life and you're going to do that, just remember our God still has the ability to whoop around people. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Y'all believe that? Sure he does. That's exactly right. Now, the toe age of the representation of the image will be when the bride is gone. Now, no doubt it's already coming together now. Those kings and powers are, are, are we know we're so close to the tribulation period that it's already coming together. And they will move into that phase to where they will control when the bride is gone. And Jesus was identified as a stone. Remember, he was the stone that the builders rejected. And remember when he come the first time he did not fall on the Roman government and destroy it as a matter of fact the Roman government was the one that was mainly responsible for taking his life so it was not his first advent of the stone coming to the earth by which they were destroyed why it was not time prophetically in God's time clock everything runs exactly right tick tock tick tock you and I may look at our lives and think my goodness everything is going wrong but if you're a child of God he's promised he will make things work for your good even when they don't look good he's promising 
And the church said, that's right. Now watch in, in Daniel chapter two, verse 44, as the vision keeps unfolding. In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. Now notice this is what happened from the head on down to the shoulders, down to the thighs and on down. It was left to other kingdoms. And you know, whenever one passed, that another passed. Remember, Alexander the Great died at the age of 33 and then the kingdom was divided into his generals. Ptolemy goes here to Egypt. One goes over here. One goes out divided about five ways in seven ways. Some winds up in Egypt. Some winds up in Greece. And they go in all these different directions because it was left to another. But Daniel said, this kingdom ain't going to be that way. Once Jesus gets it, it's his. It ain't going to go from Jesus to somebody else to somebody else to somebody else. Once we get it, it's ours, brother. Notice now in Revelation 17 and 11. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seventh. Remember what we're dealing with on Wednesday night. He is of the seventh and goeth into perdition. And the ten horns. Now notice when John sees it, they are identified as ten horns. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet. Now remember this is 96 AD. So when John is prophesying seeing the vision the ten kings are in the future the legs have not even come into existence yet did not come to 364 so when John sees it it's in the future yet to come I love serving this kind of God can you imagine seeing a vision thousands of years ago and God be able to identify when we get into the Millennium Temple and show you some of the things that Ezekiel saw and even the corbels and the architectural design that this man saw by vision when he was sitting back there going in to become a priest himself in the fifth year of his own captivity and God raises him up into a vision and shows him something that's going to happen almost 5,000 years down the road? And you think your problems are too big for God to intervene? The ten horns which thou sowest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings, as kings, dictators. Power as kings, one hour with the beast. Tribulation period. Don't worry, you ain't going to see this unless you miss the rapture. Then you better worry big time. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb. Oh, notice now. And the lamb, not the king, the lamb. No, I mean, I, I thought the lamb was humble and shy and the lamb, you better read your Bible again. The lamb shall overcome them for he is king of kings. Amen. And they which are with him are called and chosen and faithful. That's me. Is that you? Called, chosen, and faithful. Praise be to God. And John goes on to say that God has put it in their hearts to give their power to the beast. Sovereignty? You mean sovereignty works in such a way? Absolutely. 
But you see, people look at the lamb and say, oh, Jesus is so, he's so gentle and he's so kind, and he is. But there's anger and wrath. Oh, my. How many has had it before? Sure, we all have. Notice in, in St. John chapter 2, verse 14. And they found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple. You imagine Jesus saying, now y'all, y'all are really bothering me because y'all are, are selling these doves and everything. Now, honestly, I, I don't believe my daddy would like it. Of course, I want to be politically correct, and I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. And I, I don't want to actually say anybody's wrong, but I'm saying maybe somebody here might be wrong. And I don't think it's me. I, I tell you one thing, he's a little guy, but he packed a big message. Now, make sure you understand this. What we're fixing to read is not a display of human anger. The wrath of God at the judgment, when Jesus steps his feet upon the Mount of Olives, is not a display of human anger. Human anger can be unjust. Human anger can be partial, but the anger of God is perfect. It's never partial, depending on your color, how much ties you pay or whatever. Nope, anger of God, don't even look at that at all. Now, it's very, very important that you notice these words that John uses because they're very viable, important words. When he had made a scourge of small courts, He drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen, poured out the changer's money, and overthrew the tables. Now some of the preachers of today would have went in and I'm gonna get wild in the buck. I'm gonna get I'm gonna Are y'all okay with that? Did I throw that chair down in love? What do you think? Was that, was that a gentlemanly way to do it? That, even, the, even the chair didn't say anything. The chair thought it was hard. You okay? All right. God bless you now. Jesus threw him over. But it was not human anger. Well, praise the Lord. You see, no weapons of any sort, including sticks, were allowed in the temple area. So what Jesus actually used was pieces of flax, little brittle types of plant life. This was a symbol. He was a prophet. So the man said he's also acting like a deacon. Woo! Praise the Lord. 
Well, some of the deacons get after your young ones or the scourge. I wonder what some of y'all would do. <laughs> now, notice the word here actually is a twisted rush, R-U-S-H-E-S, rushes or weeds. So Jesus is not standing there with a bullwhip. Jesus is not standing there in human anger. It is the zeal of the Lord of hosts. This was actually the material that they used to make ropes. Notice in verse 16, and he said unto them that sold doves, take these things hence. Make not my father's house on a house of merchandise. And his disciples got so ashamed because Jesus lost his temper. And Jesus was so mad and all bent out of shape. His disciples remembered that it was written. The zeal of thine house has eaten me up. So here are the eyewitnesses. And the eyewitnesses never said Jesus was mad. Boy, Jesus was all bent out of shape today, wasn't he? Boy, Jesus must have had a bad night. You know what they saw? Scripture fulfilled. They did not see an angry man. Oh, come on, children. They did not see an upset man. They saw God's prophet. They saw a man standing there displaying the word of God. These were the eyewitnesses. I'll take what they say over a theologian. Fulfilling Psalm 69, 9, for the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. And the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen on me. Also Malachi 3.1. Behold, I will send my messenger. He shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. And boy, when he showed up, he showed up quick, didn't he? Even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. Behold, he comes, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide in the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appears? Peter could say, I did, by the grace of God. For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. This is not human anger. This is not human indignation. This is what they needed. Like when you come to the house of God sometimes. I know there's visitors that come in here and hear me preach and other preachers preach and say, he was mad. I preach he was mad. Even some of your young ones have said it in the past. Brother Donnie's mad. Brother Donnie's mad. No, Brother Donnie ain't mad. I do get mad at the devil. People don't understand it. That the wrath of God, if you're sitting here tonight and you've got sin in your life, you better believe the Holy Ghost gets upset about it. And he may express that through a gift of God. And you're sitting there thinking, oh my goodness. And boy, there's something about that anger that reaches right down in and grabs a hold of you. And you think it's me. Praise the Lord. Oh my, notice what you do in verse three. You shall set as a refiner and purifier of silver. He shall purify the sons of Levi. Who leaves he rebuking? The sons of Levi was the ones who set up these money changers table. The priest. 
and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord as in the days of old and in the former years. I will come near to you. How, Lord, how? Judgment. And I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers and against the idolaters. Look, friend, this is what he was doing. I'll be a swift witness against the sorcerers and adulterers and against false swearers, against those that oppress the harling in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, and to turn aside the stranger from his right. Fear not me, saith the Lord of hosts. Do you realize it was so bad that after Jesus did this at the beginning of his ministry, he had to cleanse it again before he gets ready to be crucified. Matthew 21, 12. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. Again, filled with holy zeal, not human anger. Now, Brother Donnie, you're not saying God gets mad. Won't you ask Moses when you see him? God got so mad at Moses one day, the Bible says he sought him in the end to kill him. God was looking for him and said, Buddy, your day's come. This is the end of it. I've had enough of you. But his wife, thank God for her, at least at that time anyway. Is that right? His wife was the very one who saved his hide. She circumcised her son and cast the foreskin before him and said, you are a bloody husband unto me. Why? Because God was looking for him to kill him. Well, I don't mind telling you. I hope you understand this. God was looking for me one day. And I'll tell you one thing. I'm so glad when me and God met, I come to an understanding and a reasoning that God, I've got to let God do it. God's wanting to. God's asking to. And God's waiting for one thing. Do what, Brother Donnie? Kill me. God had to kill that nature of mine. God said, Donnie, I'm looking for you. The day's come. You got to die. I didn't want to die like you didn't want to die. But eventually I realized in order to be born again, I got to die. That old nature's got to die in order for me to be remarried to another nature. And God killed it on the altar. And the judgment of God annihilated my sin nature. Never to have a resurrection. Praise be to God. Friends, this is why folks backslide. They've never had that nature killed. Notice in verse 13, and said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. But after you got the thieves cleared out, the blind and the lame came unto him in the temple, and he healed them. So once it got the thief, got rid of the thieves, and healing could come in. Surely you don't believe God but anoint a man in human anger. That God's going to anoint a man in human anger and God's going to put his approval on that? Of course not. That was not human anger. It was the wrath of the Lamb. 
I know that's a side that folks don't want to hear, but don't you notice in Revelation 6, 12, I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and all there was a great earthquake, and the sun become black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell into the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she's shaken of a mighty wind, and the heaven departed as a scroll, when it is rolled together, and every mountain and every island were moved out of their places. Thank God the bride won't be here when this takes place. This is the sixth seal in reality. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains, all the Hollywood stars, all the presidents, all the big people. Notice, he don't say the paupers and the poor and the nobodies, the celebrities, the rich, the famous. Every bondman, every female, what did they do? Hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us, hide us from the face of him that set us on the throne and from what? The lamb has wrath. Aren't you glad you won't meet him this way? For the great day of his wrath is come. And who shall be able to stand? How can God justly allow the Pacific plate to line herself around the ring of fire and allow a strip of the earth the table which slides past each other. Three to four hundred miles wide, fifteen hundred miles long, to drop forty miles down and cause millions of deaths at one time. That's what awaits our nation. And that's only the water part. Then in the vision, he turned and he saw the rest of what was left totally annihilated. By what? Not water, fire. So even the earth is going to get water and fire. And you're going to get it one way or the other. I'm going to get mine now. Water baptism, washing of the water with the word, fire of the Holy Ghost, cleanse me from the evil. Let me get mine now. I don't want it in the sixth seal. I want it under the seventh. Hallelujah. I don't want to go under the sixth seal to be purified. I want to accept God's atonement, Christ the Lamb, in the fullness of the word, and let me be purified right now while I'm here. You see, when Jesus comes to usher in his kingdom, you know, I'll be saying, uh, you know, I, I, I was thinking about kind of setting up a millennium on the earth, but I don't want to come in and, you know, cause any problems. Uh, would y'all care to just move out? Would you Russians and, 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 and you Americans and, all, I mean, I, it'd really be a nice place. Y'all might even want to leave here. I don't know. It'd really be a nice place if you just come here. That's it. They're gone. Everything will be destroyed before the millennium. 
And all of a sudden, out of the dust of the earth will come created human beings who never had the chance to hear the truth. Schools will start being built. Government will start being set up. Thrones will be established. <laughs> Boy, y'all got funny looks on your faces. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. You see, friend, our nation and the nations of the world are doing exact opposite of what the millennium will be. They separate the secular from the spiritual. They separate church and state. It shouldn't be. In the millennium, it won't be. The king will be God and God will be the king. Praise the Lord, King Jesus, right? So all the schools in the morning, you said the people will be taught in the millennium? Yes. I'm going to leave you on that. Which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to the people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. And it shall stand. How the judgment of God. You've heard Brother Ben tell this right in future home. What happened to you? The judgment of God broke loose on you. This is why friends, if we got folks coming and going and in and out and saved today and backslid tomorrow, the judgment of God's never broke loose on that soul to annihilate the kingdom. And that sin lays right there in their heart, that old snake. It can lay there for six months. It can lay there for six years. It can lay there for 60 years. But if it's there, it will manifest itself. But if God destroys it, then the root of the mountain kingdom starts erupting in your soul. And the nature of the heavenly king takes over where the serpent nature was. Oh, I know folks don't like it, but you argue with Brother Branham. He was the one who drew the human heart and put a snake in it, not me. Notice Daniel 2.45. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass your answer. And the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. And I saw, notice chapter 7, verse 13. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom that shall not be destroyed. I'm talking about your future. Your honeymoon. Verse 18, but the saints of the Most High shall take 
the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever. Even forever and ever. Verse 21. And I beheld on the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them until the ancient of days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And that time the saints shall possess the kingdom. I don't understand it, Brother Donnie. I don't understand it either, but I believe it. Verse 27, and the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. Praise the Lord. The only difference is someone will want to. I said, some of them will want to. Just like we got it now. Look at it. We got people right now, they got to be whooped. I mean, whooped and whooped. And we all know what whooped is, don't you, right? God just got to beat the fire out of them because they're so stinking hard-headed and stubborn. And there's others, they hear the word and they say, oh, God, forgive me. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. Help me, oh, God. They just want to line right up. But I'm glad God's got mercy for hard-headed ignoramuses. That are stubborn. Come on, don't sit there and grin at me like a possum. Oh my. Notice in Micah. Amen. Micah chapter 4, verse 7. I will make her that halted a remnant, and her that was cast far off a strong nation, and the Lord shall reign over them in Mount Zion from henceforth even forever. Thou, a tower of the flock, the stronghold of the daughter of Zion, unto thee shall it come, even the first dominion, the kingdom shall come to the daughter of Jerusalem. Remember the prophet said the daughter of Zion is always the bride. Can we go a little farther? Unlike the Medo-Persians, unlike the Babylonians, unlike the Romans, this empire will be around the world universal all in one time the earth will be tilted back up closer to its proper position so the time zones won't be necessary the barometric pressure will come within the tolerable zone of the original creation so the stratosphere the hemisphere all these other spheres of the sky will align properly and the seasons will be changed no canceling snow in the millennium or canceling church in the millennium because of snow Micah 4.1 but in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains and it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow into it. And many nations shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob and he will Schools. The superior school system of high intelligence of divine education. Don't 
But you see what this is. This is a reinstitution of the Garden of Eden. Don't you understand that Eve was not there when God brought the animals and, and brought them to Adam? What did Adam do? Adam educated Eve on the order of creation and on the order of his position. In the millennium, the heathen that are there and those that are giving birth to their children, they will need to come up all the time, constantly babies being born, children being raised up, and they will constantly need to be taught. Taught what? Not Democrats, not Republicans. The kingdom of heaven on the earth. Amen. Amen. As I said, every school will be a Bible school. The school system will not pass the law. Can't mention God here. No reading from the Bible. You won't be there. Well, me now, them people in charge. We'll be in charge. We're Bible readers, Bible lovers, and we'll be in charge. Everybody say, sit down. Here, we teach the deity of God that he's one, not three. In the millennium, it will be us under the instruction of our David teaching the people of righteousness and purity and truth as it should have been in the Garden of Eden. Oh, I wish it could start tomorrow. Why not tonight? I want to have communion first. He will teach us of his ways. And we will walk in his paths. For the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And the teacher is the king, priest, Messiah himself. And his king, priest, sons. (laughs) It will be a peaceful kingdom. Nobody will ever get up in the morning for those who sleep, those who are still in natural bodies. They'll never get up with a headache or having a bad dream. Your neighbor that lives right over next to you will never crowd your boundary against your fence and say, hey, get your stuff off of my property. All neighbors will be good neighbors. If there's any in-laws, they'll be good. However, you're talking about a miracle. There are no outlaws. No children. This is not a dream. I'm talking about a home. National and independent individual peace is one of the signet tokens of the messianic reign. So it won't be a select few. It won't even just be the bride. Glory to God. It won't even just be the bride alone that'll have peace. The entire earth will be blanketed in peace. Isaiah 2, 4, he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation. 
Neither shall they learn war anymore. That curriculum is not taught in the schools. Praise be to God. We don't learn how to sharpen our spears. We don't learn how to poison dart somebody. We don't learn how to use a gun. We don't learn how to use a bow. We learn how to love one another. We learn peace. We learn the principles and the dynamics of the kingdom of the messianic reign will be peace. Notice Isaiah 9, 6. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. You see, one of the ways why this is going to be so, so possible it's because the culprit who causes so much distress and trouble and discord is going to be gone. Notice Isaiah 14, 7. Now, if you ever notice this or not, but tie it together. Now, remember, scriptures can have compound meanings and double applications. The whole earth is at rest and is quiet. They break forth into singing. Yea, the fir trees rejoice at thee. And the cedars of Lebanon saying, since thou art laid down, no feller is come up against us. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirs up the dead for thee. Even all the chief ones of the earth that is raised up from their thrones, all the kings of the nations, and they shall speak and say unto thee, Art thou also become weak as we? You know who they're talking to? The devil. And all of his subjects are down in hell. And the doors opened up. And whichever angel or however it is, they go about doing it. And they kick him down there. And all of these people say, are you become like us? <laughs> are you weak? You throwed us here now. How, how, how did you get here? Because the strong man of the house has arrived on the earth. Hallelujah, King Jesus is on the earth. Art thou also become weak as we? Art thou become like unto us? Thy pomp is brought down to the grave and the noise of thy vials. And the word vial here is musical instruments. Satan put up his guitars. <laughs> he ain't too happy about this, buddy. Oh, yeah. He remember, he was in charge of the music department in heaven, but he ain't singing no happy songs now. He's thrown down at his own prison house and he's locked. Right now, he can come and go. He can go down to the regions of the lost. He can go to heaven. He can go before the throne of God. He can be in your bedroom, be in my bedroom. Come on, saints. But now he's held against his will. I don't want to be. I don't like this. Well, suit yourself, devil. You're the one who led yourself to such a place. 
the worm is spread under thee and the worms cover thee. Verse 12. Thou art thou fallen from heaven. O Lucifer. Son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? Was him gone? There'll be peace. Praise be to God. I'll tell you, friends, with him gone out of this earth right now, it'd be a pretty neat place to live in. Jesus ain't even here yet. Just the kingdom of God by the baptism of the Holy Ghost living in our hearts. It'd be quite a wonderful place to be if that devil was bound. Would you imagine what it's going to be in the millennium? Notice Isaiah 32, 17. And the work of righteousness, the work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Isn't that beautiful? The work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. And my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation. And in sure dwellings and in quiet resting places. Isaiah 55, 12, for you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains of the hills shall break forth before you into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. And then you'll be able to hear it. Do you know now there are deserts in Arabia? in Australia, in different parts of the earth that sing. You ever heard of them? Y'all never heard People go in and record the sounds of the deserts as they and then the wind will change and blow the dunes and they'll well the desert won't be there. Only desserts. <laughs> it's just one letter difference between desert and dessert. That's one extra S. <laughs> Boy, that's good, buddy. it? Man, I can taste it now. Let's hurry. Notice. The mountains and the hills shall break forth from before into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. And still the thorn shall come up the fir tree. And still of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name. For a name. For an everlasting sign. When the thorns are gone. It means Calvary was a success. Do you understand when the thorny stage of your humanity is finally gone? Hallelujah! You are finally arrived, my brother. What? It will be sticky and bother you as long as you live. That's 
that's your humanity that is not yet redeemed. But the thorny part of your humanity is magnetized to the power of God. You will lose them thorns. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And one day the earth, when it begins to break forth, the thorns, the briars, the thistles, and I'll be gone. I'm closing. I knew that statement ruined me the other night when I said it. As soon as I said that, I knew I ruined. Instead of the thorns shall come up the fir tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Isaiah 60, 18. Violence shall no more be heard in thy land. Wasting nor destruction within thy borders. Praise God. But thou shalt call thy walls salvation. And thy gates. Praise God. Please stand I realize we get greatly criticized for what we believe and what we preach. People say we're in a walled city and people say we're in a prison and all this, that, and other. You know, because we preach a certain way you should dress and a certain way you should do and not do and all that sort of thing. But to me already, with millennium thinking, I already call these walls salvation. I said, they save us, Brother Randy. They save us from the pollution of the world. And I thank God for the gates that led me into these walls. They're my praise. Don't you love him? Soon, Melchizedek will come. And gather all the priesthood together. And we'll take communion again. At the marriage supper of the Lamb. Here shortly we'll be having communion together. It's a wonderful privilege to take communion with the saints of God. But Melchizedek himself is present in spirit. But absent in body. But that great day when the table is set. Melchizedek will come out and we will take communion once again. I will drink no more the fruit of the vine or eat no more until I eat it with you anew in my Father's kingdom. But remember, friends, you've got to do more than just drink this little cup of wine. You need this little piece of bread. You've got to be baptized into his spirit and eat this word. And become part of his word. Early this morning before daylight. The Lord kept dealing with me. About these thoughts. These words. Becoming thoughts. Becoming thoughts. I turned and tossed. Quotes going in my mind. Scriptures going in my mind. God putting 
things together for me. I thought, Lord, what does that mean? Becoming thoughts. Becoming thoughts. As I lay there in his presence and I realized that's what's happening. With children of light and children of darkness. The children of darkness are fed all this lies and unbelief. They're becoming what they're feeding on. But God said in the book of Jeremiah, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. God thought about this man by the name of Abram being a father. He thought about it and thought about it. Abraham, through progression of revelation of the word, finally walked in and become that thought. The prophet said, God thought about me. He thought about you. He thought about himself being tangible. And he said, the whole thing is God's thoughts become manifest. We are becoming thoughts. Mighty God, Jesus is. Mm, what a mighty God, I know He is. Heaven and earth adore Him. His people bow before Him. What a mighty God Jesus is. What a mighty God What a mighty God Jesus is Heavens and earth adore Him As the bride we bow before Him What a mighty God
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's sing this together just a little before we go. Don't you love him? Oh, my, it's so good to be in the house of the Lord tonight and enjoying the blessings of God. Let's sing it together. How great thou art. Oh, children, can you imagine, just in your imagination, in your wildest dreams, that one day the earth itself will be covered, the peace, the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth as the sands and the waters. The trees will clap. The earth will bring forth fruition. Oh my, how it'll bloom and blossom and bloom and blossom. It'll explode. The sun will be seven times hotter and brighter than it is now, brighter. And the moon will be as bright as the sun. Got to have good eyes to take that. Well, you ought to have them eyes. You're living in a sevenfold manifestation when the seals has been revealed. How great he is. Let's sing it together. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. Let's worship him together. How great you are, Jesus. I said how great 
Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise be to God. Oh, Father. Thank you so much for your grace to us tonight. We thank you for your manifestations of King God, King Jesus, King Theophany. King God manifested yourself in the creation of the universe. King Jesus, crowned by the saints, the finale of the victorious success of the cross. King Theophany manifested in the fullness of that theophanic form. Once your sons and daughters come into their kingdom of theophany. Can only be a king when you can rule over those who are your subjects. King God, King Jesus, King Theophany. We adore you tonight, blessed God. We worship you, bright and morning star, lily of the valley, he which is and was and shall come. Haggai too calls you the desire of all the ages. Zechariah said, the man whose name is the branch. The psalmist David said he was the root and the offspring of David. Genesis 49.10 called him Shiloh. Deuteronomy 18.15 said the Lord God will raise up a prophet like unto me from among your brethren. Isaiah 35 said he would come and the lame man shall leap as a heart. The tongue of the dumb shall sing. Glory be to God. To you, to us, you are our Savior, our Redeemer, our Shaddai. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Manasseh. And one day you will be our Jehovah Shammah. Our Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is here. Praise God when we will build our houses in the millennium and the temple will be built and the most holy will be dedicated. Glory be to God. Your work at Calvary is such a powerful thing for a thousand years after your children have been redeemed, the memorial will still be going on in the Millennium Temple. It is that great, that powerful. Through eternity, we will still be worshiping and praising and blessing your name for your redemptive work. Oh God, may it not become something of such little value to us mortals. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Praise be to God. Can we raise our hands, saints? That saving grace that has redeemed you, think about it. In the millennium for a thousand years, we'll still be acknowledging that grace. As the first and second temple, the worship there pointed to Calvary. The millennium temple points back to the success of Calvary. It will be so great for a thousand years, for a thousand years, memorials 
Worshiping will be taking place in that temple. Calvary still such a success. Praise God. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty. Sing it here. Let's just worship him just a little bit before we go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Father, thank you for this time we could spend together with you tonight. As always, we have enjoyed the presence of our Father. Thank you for the food that you gave us to eat, the spiritual sustenance to give us strength for our journey, to brighten our hopes of tomorrow, 
to encourage us, Lord, when we face the difficulties of life. Thank you for your presence that so engulfs us and lets us know that there's coming a day that will never be dismissed from your presence. We'll always get to live in the presence of the King. Go with us now, Lord. Bring us back in the morning if it be pleasing to you. We look for another great time around your table. How we long, Lord, for these great events to happen. The world is sick, suffering. Satan has had his way. This is what he's brought it to. Man killing children. Man killing each other. Man inventing all kinds of weapons to basically annihilate himself. This is what he's done. Oh, but when you get your way, the trees will clap their hands. They'll sing. The hills will sing. And the showers of blessings will come down from the mountains. The deserts will bloom like a rose. The river will come out from under the temple of God. It will divide and separate in two ways. One go toward the Mediterranean. The other go toward the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea will come alive from the water, from the house of God. Because that's what happened to us. The water from the Word of God, the house of God, come into us on our Dead Sea lives. And we come alive. Thank you, Lord. Go with us now, Father. We love you so much. We appreciate you, Jesus. It's in your holy name we ask it. Amen. God bless you, saints. Let us sing it together as we go. Service in the morning. Trust you enjoyed our gathering together tonight around the word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's sing it together as we dismiss. God be with you. Remember service tomorrow and then the Christmas program tomorrow afternoon. We love you and appreciate you so much. For he is holy. Jesus is home.